world, world, the most diabolical haters this side of the Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. New Ghostface, glorious day, true God. Check it out, y'all. We back. Yes, yes, y'all. Fake yeah. the Derby. Mask Avengers. I'm here to sharpen your sword. All praises due to your Matt Boone Tank Clan. Yo, 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 it is the Player Hater Podcast. We are back again. I am Matt King, a.k.a. the Karaoke Killer, a.k.a. your mom's favorite friend, a.k.a. the suburban dad life minivan driving washes fuck homie. And I am joined, as always, by Dan Carson, a.k.a. the red-faced assassin, a.k.a. not a real doctor. A.K.A. Santa, Santa's little memer. That's right. I got the fucking Kermits. I got them. We are here man? for, are you ready for this, Dan? <laughs> Episode 10. We finally Mike. made it to double Woo. digits. Double digits. The Michael Dublé episode. That's right. <laughs> you know it. You fucking know it. What's up, guys? We uh, are back with a more regular than usual edition of the podcast. Uh, it's only been about a two-week hiatus this time, instead of our uh, general wander in the desert for 40 days biblical break. That's good for but, us. Uh, yeah, no, we're doing good. We're, we're being very responsible. We're trying to get this one in because technically this is the holiday edition, Matt. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for the fucking holidays? Yes, the weather outside is frightful. Oh, god damn it, I hate you. <laughs> Oh, man. The weather outside is garbage. It rained here in L.A. Uh, this last week. I uh, I did the closest thing to a Los Angeles rain dance, that is, and that's wearing my favorite shoes and washing my car and going to work. Yeah, that's basically like a foot and a half of snow in L.A. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a national crisis, but uh, I'll be heading back to the uh, tragic Midwest that you inhabit pretty, pretty soon, see some family. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to entering that world again. I got really? out of there. I'm, uh, I'm Hollywood now. And uh, <laughs> I feel like this is, you know, it's probably beneath me and not good for my emotional well-being. Yeah, I'm very, uh, head back to the farm. Uh, Going to have right. a Christmas dinner with Ma and Pa and tend to the crops uh, in the a meantime. Of, a lot of goat butter. All sorts of butters <laughs> made from different animals that shouldn't be milked. Uh, so, speaking of things being milked, we have one DeMarcus Cousins being milked for a lot of money uh, by his own uh, captors. I think at this point we have to call the Kings his captors. Yeah, what do you, uh, his team. What's your opinion on uh, what do you, What's your opinion on Boogie? This uh, this running with the sack B columnist and uh, the the general hubbub that tends to never that follows him around like pig pins dust uh, uh, yeah I'm so I'm so tired of it man I'm tired of boogie getting such a bad rap and obviously like it's a little bit deserved in this point but I'm always yeah. gonna be team boogie like you know that about me it's hard for me to, to think otherwise like a week before that happened I tweeted that we don't deserve Demarcus cousins and I meant like we <laughs> as the human race. We don't deserve this wonderful, <laughs> incredible, like, gift of a, of a basketball player. He's just, he's so much fun to watch, I can't describe it. <laughs> but the whole thing about him, like, going going up against the Sacramento Bee reporter, uh, I mean, I think it starts with the, the article that the dude wrote when uh, Cousins yeah, got yeah. into a little 
altercation at a nightclub with Matt Barnes, which anytime you go out with Matt Barnes, you're going to, you know, there's Strike one. Be... <laughs> exactly. And, and he, like, he wrote like the most old man, like white person column. That's like, you need to find a better place to hang out. So, like, don't be going to these clubs. First of all, like we said, if you go to Applebee's with Matt Barnes, it becomes like a thing. Like, that's going to be a rough place no matter what. Oh, absolutely. If you go to Build-A-Bear with Matt Barnes, you better stay strapped. <laughs> Come and carrying the switchblade. Never know who you might run into, what baby's mama's, you know, ex, uh, ex-boyfriend you might run into. No, I, t- I totally agree. Um, I forget the gentleman's name, but uh, the column that he wrote was very, um, as you say, I don't know, antiquated. Yeah. It, it literally was a soda fountain, like phosphate, uh, you know, caramel, you know, caramel malt uh, type of offering. He was talking about like, and you know, this wasn't, this isn't, it, it's part of the problem because it's kind of how he went about addressing it. He's like, back in the day, Big Wilt's small garden of paradise was quite the swinging spot. You could run into Teddy Roosevelt and you could run into George Washington Carver on a good night. And you never know who you might see dancing the box. Like, you know, like he, 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 I, he was talking about places that literally have been closed and people who have been dead for decades, absolute right. decades. And he's like, why don't, don't do people not go to the rubble where these, <laughs> these vacant lots where these places once were? And yeah. which isn't to excuse Demarcus, of course. Right. I mean, I mean, and the thing that he was most upset about wasn't even the shitty column. It was that, like, he mentioned the, uh, yeah. another event that involved his brother. He's like, don't talk yeah. about my family. Which, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a talking point for a lot of athletes that they don't like when columnists or writers, like, talk about their loved ones, you know? And journalistically, I see why he brought it up. It has something to do with what happened. Um, so I don't fault him for that. But just the reaction when Cousins went after him that was, like, such a oh my word, like clutching your pearls and like this giant behemoth of a man was going to kill me, but I stood my ground because I've been, I've seen worse as a reporter. Like it was, it was very yeah. overwrought. And then Perfect there was like word. a whole thing that, you know, cousins like bullied a reporter for this, like uh, Sacramento Kings blog that like, that was the, the blog that whose podcast I went on uh, talking about Scal, yeah. how he's trash. And, and so mm-hmm. I kind of got the impression that these guys were like, I don't know, not not really big time, but like wanted to make it. <laughs> and they were hustlers. And so when I heard that they were like, oh yeah, Cousins has beef with us, I was like, Cousins doesn't know who you are. But then like I, wa- <laughs> I watched a clip and he actually was like, there were a bunch of reporters standing around him and he, and he like pointed this one guy, he was like, who are you with? And the guy was like, Cowbell, from Cowbell Kingdom. And he was like, I'm not saying a word until this guy leaves. He was like, you're not yeah. going to get a quote from me until this dude leaves. And then he, like, bodied up to the editor of the thing. And, like, I don't know. It it all depends on, like, how much sock you put into how someone acts off the court. Like, if he's not cool to reporters and is kind of a bully and is generally surly, that's one thing. But, like, he's such a revelation on the basketball court. <laughs> like if it were me, are you I would are you be, hometown copping him right oh now? Are you hometown copping me on this? I can't. I just like I would. I would take Boogie with all that like baggage, so to speak, in a heartbeat. Well, it's very like 
I feel so much like you do when it comes to Boogie. We've talked about Boogie multiple times here. I think everyone knows that we're pretty big DeMarcus Cousins fans. But I do not agree with, uh, like, like in theory, the bodily contact and stuff like that. But also, to your point, the, the original columnist editor going and writing this scathing review of Boogie, DeMarcus Cousins' conduct and history with reporters and kind of making this guy sound like he had went to, like, Kosovo or, like, you know, like Aleppo and back because uh, DeMarcus Cousins, like, bellied up to him for a second. Like, no, the only person who stood to lose literally anything in this moment was DeMarcus Cousins. Right. And I, I think it lionizing the press for standing there and kind of grinning through what they may or may not have knowingly provoked out of an athlete is kind of, I I think that's false advertising, but um, yeah, going to the, the younger brother thing, that feels like a line that like, I don't know if it's just been handed down from player to player and stuff like that, but they, it seems like athletes have definitely, they have a sense Mm -hmm. of like, here's the lines, your family's outside these lines. And they've been taught if anyone goes like, you you can't get mad until they go after X Y and Z people that you know, yeah. Because like they're they're kind of uh, this you know they're the they're the beast of burden in this in in most cases they're taking all the criticism and punishment and then like their their eyes light up and naturally if not having been told that it's okay when someone comes after their family and to be honest I like. DeMar, here's, this is the thing I was talking about on Twitter. Like, he doesn't know that his brother's a public figure. He doesn't yeah, know that. Not he, to him. You only know that if, you only know that if you went to like journalism school or studied uh, like media. Mm-hmm. And like, honestly, even from my point of view, he is the most like tertiary character. He's the most like by the thread of a technicality is Demarcus Cousins' younger brother a uh, a celebrity or public person right but uh but he is in this case because he was at the club where demarcus was at and they left together or he got arrested i believe and demarcus got ferried out of there but yeah coming back to it it's like i want like you're saying i want to take boogie i want to like cradle him like <laughs> like some sort like a, a i want to repot demarcus yeah. cousins he's he a beautiful he, flower he's beautiful flower and he needs new soil he needs to be somewhere else and and I talked to you about this. Bill Simmons wrote two columns that were like the uh, biggest pieces. Did you read them? Did you read them? Or at least start uh, I, I Yeah, I did. I started. Uh, it was like, it's just so overly written, terrible, like hypotheticals about like if Boogie gets traded uh, to the Celtics and what would be known as the heist in this hypothetical future, the trade would be. Uh, and like there's one instance where it works out well, one instance where it doesn't work out well. It's, I don't even want to like go any further with this. Basically what I'm saying is in the, <laughs> in the hypothetical where he gets traded wherever, like if he gets traded to anywhere that's remotely like on stable ground, I think he's going to be in, like incredible. He's going to be a fan favorite. He's going to be, he's going to get along with everyone. Like he was great at Kentucky, you know, like it was a good yeah. situation. I think Sacramento is just poison. It's just, like, such a terrible situation. He's been there for, like, what, six years, seven years, and he's had five or six coaches. I mean, like, it, it's just, it's it's not boogie so much as it is a situation. A more, sure, st- like, stable individual could probably handle being in Sacramento and, like, having all those losing seasons and all this tumultuousness around him. 
But Boogie's not that guy. Know. But but he's also not like this wild, like total wild card that you don't know what's going to happen. If he goes somewhere else, he'll be fine. He's, he's good at Sacramento. That's all I'm going to say about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No. DeMarcus Cousins is neither a uh, church, like a choir boy, or Matt Barnes. So <laughs> I think uh, I totally agree. <laughs> it's funny you mention that. I actually know uh, social media managers who have left the Kings for greener pastures. Yeah. In the NBA, so yeah, there's there might there's something rotten in Sacktown. Um, speaking of something fucking rotten and uh, really just repulsive, you forwarded this sandwich ranking on to me. What is this sandwich ranking I'm looking at here? Tell me about yeah, this. So, someone posted on Twitter, and I immediately was just outraged. They ranked <laughs> the, the this site called Food Republic. Ranked, and I don't know how they did their rankings, but they ranked the 40 best sandwiches. And it's just, it's a mess. It is an absolute mess. So let's start at the top. Bacon, egg, and cheese. You have some opinions here. Bacon, egg, and cheese is the most basic bitch fucking, like, I'm hungover at McDonald's. Give me calories from my face. That's the only thing bacon, egg, and cheese is. It's not bad. It's not great. doesn't deserve, out of the all, the entire sandwich kingdom... The whole meat bread hierarchy doesn't doesn't belong at number one. Yeah, I mean, I like bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches too. But, and like, th- this brings up a whole other thing. doesn't even belong on this list. You know, like, it's it's kind of a sandwich, but it's, it's like breakfast and all these other sandwiches or lunch. Like, it doesn't really make a ton of sense even being on the list, much less number one. So I think that you're going to have issues there, like, right off the bat. But then number two is my biggest problem. Number two is grilled cheese. Now, there's nothing wrong with a grilled cheese. A grilled cheese is fine. But that's, it doesn't deserve to be number two. I have never heard anyone describe a grilled cheese as anything other than okay. And there's never never any glowing words about grilled cheese. A grilled cheese is bread and cheese and maybe a little bit of butter. I get simplicity, simplicity is awesome, but like... You can't t- tell me it's the number two sandwich of all time when you have sirloin steak and shit like available to put on your sandwich. Come on. We have proteins. That's, yes. That's an important note. There are proteins out here to be had. And no, I totally agree. The most you ever hear about a grilled cheese is, I got drunk last night, I made grilled cheese. And the most, the response to that is, oh, nice. Yeah, sure. That's 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 the beginning and end of that story. Um, there are some other offenders that uh, you guys should see. Matt, he's literally like biting a tire iron right now, trying to contain himself. But uh, there's a couple other big offenders on this list that I, I just kind of want to let you cook on, frankly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I have an issue with number seven, which is a Thanksgiving sandwich, which is not a sandwich. It's not a thing. I have thing. no idea what that is. Like, I can understand that you would take Thanksgiving leftovers and you would put them between some bread, like two pieces of bread, and eat it after Thanksgiving. Fine. I have no issue with it. But that's not a year-round sandwich. In fact, it's like a two-day <laughs> sandwich. It's not even a sandwich you can have on, like, different holidays. There is a two-day, like, maybe three-day span in which you can have this fucking Thanksgiving sandwich. It is not a thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you guys. Matt is... <laughs> you can't see the gesticulations. And I'm like the, sweating the real right genuine, now. 
the real genuine concern of a man in his, alone in his basement over uh, a premeditated Thanksgiving sandwich out of season. <laughs> so, it, it really is. It is horrendous. It, I don't. You can't premeditate a Thanksgiving sandwich, like you said. It's a. Uh, it's a nice little happy accident of like coincidence. It's a you know. It's an advantageous target when it's there, but it's not something you go looking for. Yeah, and the, I mean, you could just kind of go down like French dip is number twenty three. I love French dips. Every time French, French dip? dip is an option, I get a French dip. Uh, number twenty four. No, oh, go I, ahead. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, I, I love French dips too. It's it's just meat and meat sweat. I love yeah. it, baby. Yeah, and like it, and you're comparing that to like just. Uh, you know, bread and cheese for the grilled cheese. You can either have bread and cheese or you can have bread and roast beef. Like, you take the roast beef over the cheese every damn time. Every goddamn time. <sighs> oh, number 24 is peanut butter and jelly. Oh, there's a lot. Of, like, croque madame and croque monsieur are number four, 15 and 16, respectively. Like, putting them next to each other. Like, they're, like, two completely different things. One just has an egg. But there's no way that the, <laughs> that the one without the egg is like somehow better. So the one with the egg is 16, and then you take away the egg, and it becomes number 15. I'm gonna lose my I, mind, Dan. I'm gonna lose my I, mind. I, <laughs> Any more now, uh, Matt's wife's gonna come downstairs and be like, How, "What's going on? Are you guys having a fight club? What is happening?" <laughs> Um, no, all right, hold on. I got, I, I got one more. I got some more, Dan. I'm not even finished here. Number 31 no. is a is a bagel with locks. That's not a sandwich. Just because you put another part of the bagel on top of it doesn't make it a sandwich. You eat that shit open face. It's not a sandwich. <laughs> Guys, if you came for sandwich fucking hot takes, you got them by the boat. You could power uh you could power an assembly line with the hate in Matt's eyes right now. Um, we, we got to move on because I'm afraid he's going to eat his microphone. Um, but we're going to move on to something a little happier, something that you brought up that I actually think is a a really cogent kind of provocative idea given the, uh, the neck high trash that we've been waiting in for the last 12 months. And that is 2016. Is it one of the best sports years ever? Yeah. I mean, people have obviously been knocking 2016 oh worst year ever all that stuff i get it there's been a lot of bad stuff but every year's the worst year ever you know yeah if, <laughs> if you ask people on the internet because no one's this is gonna on become a trend exactly it's gonna become a trend so i get that 2016 overall not that great sports wise incredible all right let's start with um the warriors no 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 sorry we need to start with the unc villanova championship game college basketball incredible game back and forth like last minute buzzer beater like winner Mm -hmm. one of the best college basketball championship games of all time then you have the 73 and 9 warriors uh going down 3-1 against the thunder (laughs) coming back then going up 3-1 against the Cavs and losing it well lebron james gives cleveland their like the cavaliers their first nba championship like coming home to do it like the storylines in the in the NBA this year were just like all over the place. It was incredible. 
They're wild. No, it, it was a really wild year. It was a great. I mean, it was incredible. Cleveland almost won another championship yeah. too with the Indians and the Cubs. And the, the Cubs, Cubs won. won a World Series. They broke the thing. They broke the curse. Hundreds of years, millions the- of years. It yeah. Was, yeah. No, it was an incredible summer. It was the one of the most beautiful summers in terms of sports. That it was definitely the best summer I've ever. We had, had. the Olympics. The Olympics the happened. Fucking Olympics. The stabby Ryan Lochte flee the country as yeah. a fugitive felonious ass snitch. Like Lochte, Michael Phelps <laughs> con- like continuing oh. to rack up gold medals. Katie Ledecky beating people by like Dominating. the first verse of smooth Destroying. amount. Uh, <laughs> I just like the Carlos and- Santana smooth horse. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, and then you look at the beginning of this year, like. The NBA, Russell Westbrook, like, averaging a triple-double right now. Like, uh, you know, NFL has been exciting. Like, the Cowboys are good again. The Raiders are good again. Like, the Pats are still continuing to be, like, fun. Tom Brady's doing it at 39 or however the fuck old he is. Like, it's just, like, only good things are happening in sports right now, it seems like. There's no, like, big scandals or anything like that. Like, it's just been a fun year of sports. Joel Embiid flourishing. Yes, another one. Like Embiid. There's is here. a lot of great storylines. I know Embiid's here. Um, I totally agree. It's been a wild, good year for for sports in what has otherwise been nine feet by nine feet of complete trash, like horrifying garbage, and it's been much needed. And so, with that said, I will ask you, and it, it, it it's probably an easy answer for you, but who is your 2016 MVP of sports? Pan sports the whole year, just whatever. Anyone goes. I mean, who, Le- who is the biggest winner of this year? It's LeBron. Who won this year? It's LeBron. Like, it's got to be LeBron. Yeah. Like, LeBron it's took on be. the behemoth Warriors, like, put the team on his back, had, like, three of the most incredible games back-to-back, like, had, like, amazing moments won it for Cleveland, and not only that, has, like, stepped out and, like, taken stances with, like, activism and stuff like that. Like, he's really started to become more than just that, like, guarded athlete. Like, once he once he won that championship yeah. for Cleveland, he was feeling himself. He was like, I can do whatever I want, man. Like, I can do whatever I want. When he won, <laughs> when he won with the Heat, everyone still kind of hated him a little bit. You know, like, there was still that sort of, like, oh, he went to Miami to win his championships. But when he came back to Cleveland and won, he was like, I have free pass to do whatever, man. Like, I can say what I want, do what I want. Like, no one's going to stop me at all. No, absolutely. And And that was the most, like, intoxicating quality about that entire series and the ultimate win was it. It feels like the most unimpeachable, perfect Mm -hmm. sports win moment, like, it is literally one of those things where, like, not even the devil himself, like, could stand up and be like, bah humbug, this is bad. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's the closest thing that I've ever seen to a one-handed, universal, this was an amazing good thing. Cried in, real in tears. Athletics. Like, for the longest real time, I, I thought that LeBron had been replaced by a robot, like, created by brands uh, to just, <laughs> like, say and do the thing that was least offensive and you know, most generic. And then like, and then he just became a person again. I think like just everything about Braun this year 
has been great. Like I, I'm, I'm dropped, totally like, 50 in F-bombs. on the Bronx. Yeah, <laughs> he dropped like fifty f bombs during the uh, during the parade ceremony when he uh, when he grabbed the microphone. That was spectacular. Jr. getting a a ring that was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it just added all to like the like the momentum of the whole thing. Like I, and just like weird shit. I watched the finals shirtless because it was a hundred. <laughs> I watched game. I watched game seven of the NBA finals shirtless. I started it and. Uh, <laughs> JR follows because it was a hundred degrees outside. You cry. You <laughs> sweating on my couch when, uh, when JR accepted. I posted. <laughs> I posted video. I was standing in front of my television, posting or recording video of his press conference, and like I noticed when I played it back, you can hear me sniffling like a little girl. I'm just. Uh, uh, it's so beautiful. It's, it's, that's beautiful stuff, man. Like when two when people as cynical as us can just like bask in like yeah. the amazingness of what just happened and feel real emotion about it. Like that's that's why we love sports. That's why even though we work in sports, we see it's a business. We see the the absolute bananas way that people act because of sports, and it sort of makes you. Jade, it, it definitely sex. makes you jaded. Like you see guys that have been working in sports for like 40, 50 years, they're like the worst people because it is just like beat the love yeah. of sports out of them. And so even with all of that, like to be able to see moments like that where it reminds you why you love sports and why you become this little kid again when you're watching it, like that's that's all that I really want. Yeah, I mean, like, look at guys like Jay Mariotti, who's basically, like, the worst version of Al Pacino has been (laughs) baked into a bad cupcake. Like, (laughs) he is a terrible trash guy. And he's, you know, like, that's what I don't want to become is just a dude, like, pulling the uh, take string Mm -hmm. and and spewing whatever, you know, whatever soup du jour sense of the day is my reaction. And this was one of those few moments where, yeah, cynical guys – Got a little emotional. We're like, this is good. I like this. Uh, speaking of cynical, wide-eyed, doe-eyed moments, um, you brought up the fact that you have or are about to tell your children that Santa is not real. So we're about to crush the magic real quick. Yeah, I, the swiftness. I told I told my daughter that Santa is not real, like right off the bat. How old is How old is she now? Four. I feel yeah. like that's cutting it real early. <laughs> I feel like that's cutting it early. I feel like five or six is like, ah, all right. I'm still I, having the talk. There's a part of me that like wants her to be that kid that just like wrecks shit. That just like goes into oh, class dang. and just tells everyone that saying it's not real and just causes a riot where they gotta come like <laughs> I gotta you gotta pick your kid up. She's like causing a scene at school. Like there's a there's a toddler fight club happening because she said that saying it's not real. <laughs> And she's sticking to it. But I, what, it, what it boiled down to is, like, I, I just – I told myself I'm not going to lie if she's, like, is Santa real? I'm not going to be, like, yeah, you know. I'm just going to be, like, no. But I'm also not going to be, like, if she comes home, she's, like, I saw Santa today. I'm, like, no, you didn't. Santa's fake. No, you didn't. Like, that was just a dude dressed up like Santa. You don't know anything. Like I'm a not, poor dude who needs some money. I'm not just going to, like, break her down right there. I was not going to, like, tell... That's very kind of you. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's actually, like, hard for me to do because I really do want to just, like, tell her every single, like, time the Santa's not real. And she she has plenty of opportunity to, you know, have an imagination and all that stuff. But I, I hate the idea 
of like her learning at some point that like I lied to her about this because I've heard from some people I never believed in Santa but I've heard from some people they felt like betrayed by their parents and stuff like that <laughs> but people think that I'm like a monster when I say this that I'm not that I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna tell my kid that Santa's real They're like what what's wrong with you you heartless bastard like where do you stand on this you don't have kids but like uh, let's say <laughs> a little Dan comes along at some point what are you gonna do uh, you know, okay, well, first and foremost, I I just, it needs to be noted if it isn't already perfectly clear that Matt Swat's dreams, like they're like <laughs> flies that have gotten on his chicken salad or something, he, he instinctually needs to destroy hope in yeah. its most, like, nubile form. Uh, it makes me stronger. So, back to me, like, it, it's funny because you're the one with kids and I kind of have the more, like, Oh, preserve the, you know, the myth, like the hope sort of leaning in this case when, you know, I don't have any of, uh, you know, that to any of the charade to keep up around little people. Uh, I'll, I'll tell my kid, like, I had this weird relationship with my parents in, on this front because it was like one of those things where I'm like, I know he's not real, but you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I was like. I, I knew he wasn't real, but I didn't want them to tell me, so mm. I couldn't, like, fully let that go for whatever reason. I, I just needed to, to, like, extend the hope for a little while. Yeah. But I'm going to tell my kid. I'm not going to be like you. I'm not going to buy my child a smoking jacket with patched elbows <laughs> and send her, to, send her to the school to tell people that God doesn't exist, <laughs> you know, like, with a fully loaded vape pen. But, uh, you know, to each their own. I, I'll tell my kid when when I think that their their eyes start to show enough humanity that they can handle it. <laughs> I mean, like, I, it goes beyond, like, Santa Claus. Like, the whole thing about people doing Elf on the Shelf. Like, that's creepy yeah. as shit, man. I don't know. That I shit. can't get behind. I get the whole, like, oh, Santa's going to bring presents. But no, no, no. We're going to put this thing in your room. It's alive. Uh, it, it doesn't move when you're looking at it. But when you're sleeping... He, like, moves around and does shit, and he's constantly watching you and reporting to Santa. Like, that's some bullshit. That's, a, that's the premise to Chucky. Like, <laughs> that's not, that is not festive or, like, good at all. That's not in any way in keeping with the holiday spirit. But, no, I, fuck that. Don't even bring Elf on the Shelf onto the show ever again. Nope. I never want to talk about it. I do want to talk about... Another thing that we discussed, speaking of MVP talk, is Russ more fun than the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, that's something I brought up because last year, watching the Golden State Warriors was like one of the most fun things I've ever done. Like It was what? communal. It yeah. It communal. Like, I laughed watching the Warriors. Like, watching Steph hit these, like, threes and turn around and shit, like, it was just fun. Like, it, it was the most fun basketball I've seen maybe ever, just the way they distribute the ball and all stuff. And then they bring in Durant, and they become, like, you know, obviously they've lost more games, you know, compared to last year, but, like, they're still just a dynamite team to watch when they're clicking. Like, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Even with that, Russell Westbrook is the most must-see TV NBA, like, in the longest time. Like, he's, he's reaching heights right now that I just didn't think were attainable. Like it, when he had Durant, obviously he was still great, but like he couldn't just take over things because they're like, there's another incredible player right here. You got to get him involved. 
you can't just mm-hmm. dominate the ball. But now it's like he's their only option to get things going. And so you get to see what he can do. <laughs> and I'm just like watching just wide-eyed, throwing my hands up and being like, this this is just a stick of dynamite turned into like a basketball player. It's it's utterly insane, Matthew. Um, yeah, there is something that is even more captivating about Russ than even... I would say the Warriors are like you like you were saying there's something the Warriors were beautiful the Warriors were fun and there is that same sense of like communal when Russ is on now mm-hmm. there is that same sense is like oh we're all watching Russ like, right like people are ignoring better games like bigger like closer games between like more um more well-matched teams with better records People are. I know. I am. I'm passing up those games for if there's a Rockets game or if there's a if there's a Thunder game on. I'm watching the Thunder game. No matter what. End to end, wire to wire, no matter what. And there's something more captivating about a single person mm-hmm. providing all the drama and entertainment that is much more captivating than even like the the height of the Warriors pass pass like Magic Johnson. Yeah. Uh, you know, fucking Globetrotters status work. Uh, and I think it's because, I don't know, it's something we haven't felt since maybe the 90s, since Michael Jordan was doing this this just solo Spartan warrior run type of thing. But it's it's absolutely engrossing. I mean, if you go back and you look at and you watch videos of Michael Jordan in like the late 80s, like before he started like winning championships and like, you know, became that like cerebral player that like knew how to, you know, take like you know, do the fadeaways and whatever. Like when he was just this young athletic guy, like you watch highlights of that. It looks like Russ. It looks like Westbrook. Mm -hmm. Like he's got, he had Jordan had that extra gear where you think that he was going full speed and then he would just like kick it up another notch and then just rise up and float. Like Westbrook doesn't look like he jumps. It looks like he's slowly just like he'll, he'll, he'll be dribbling. It's like an airplane taking off. It's just he's dribbling and all of a sudden his feet aren't touching the floor and he's gliding towards the basket. That's what it feels like when he dunks. Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's very accurate. Like it, it feels like uh, the in movies when it's obvious that a character or an actor has been pulled on a wire after an explosion <laughs> away from it. Yes. He just like takes off like a yeah, like, uh, it's, it's a Rodgers and Hammerstein musical or something. He's just, like, taking off the ground like Mary fucking Poppins. He just, just goes, like, at a diagonal plane that is just, like, he's just going to keep going that way? Yeah, no, he is. And he's going to get to the basket from about the free throw line. Yeah. And there's something even more special about the whole triple-double thing. Because it's not yeah. like watching Transcendent Kobe. When Kobe was like scoring, you know, forty a game, you know, close to that. Like he's yeah. he's scoring all those points, but he's also getting over ten assists a game. He's getting people involved, and he's flying in for rebounds. Like that's the thing that I love the most. It's just like he'll he just like you, you watch him, and and both ends of the floor. You just have your eyes on Westbrook the whole time, and then when the other team like shoots a shot, he just like comes flying in from nowhere and just grabs the board and he's ready to hit the ground like and start the break and either score or kick it off to someone like he's just doing everything and he's doing it so well yeah and to to add to that like the watching the watching the warriors or yeah watching the warriors it was more like a it's more like performance art i don't know like it, it felt like 
theater in a way. Mm-hmm. Like there's something so much more visceral about Russ, who who like the Warriors still, even as he continues to defy all logic and like physics and all these other laws. <laughs> there's something like there's his ability to still surprise you, even after you think you've seen his entire like skill set. Mm-hmm. Like when he bounced the ball off Tavo, when he, and not this last Hawks game, but the one before that, when he rose, decided against the jumper, mm-hmm. instead of passing away, just threw it off Tavo's back, caught it, got back into his three point stance, and then rose again and sh- took a better shot and drained it. Like, what is That's not even a thing. No. Who thinks to do that? That's the Matrix Who type shit. Who thinks to do that? Yeah. That really is. Like, you pause in the air and you think, oh, what's one technicality I could use to get out of this sticky situation? Yeah, now there's something about a single man doing what Russ is doing with the triple-double incentive. And in the way he does it, with the emotion he does it, there is just a certain inevitability to the mm. Warriors. There's, like, more of a will-he-make-it with with Russ. There's, like, more dramatic tension in terms yeah. of, like win loss like will he get the numbers like there's more things up in the air mm-hmm. including him in his entire body uh so yeah russ is uh this has been the russell russell westbrook knob session we we love <laughs> <laughs> love you russ um and uh now we got to talk about something else we love way too much and dearly and <laughs> and hopefully drive every single listener away and that's college basketball this is time for a recurrent now a now recurring segment. Yes. Called uh, I don't know if we have a working title for it, but it's a sixty <laughs> seconds of sixty seconds of us yammering nonstop, getting our sixty second gush out about uh, for Matthew Kentucky basketball and me Indiana basketball. We'll start with Matt because his team won. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, well, first of all, we we can't have a podcast. And hold not on, talk hold on. Let this. me. I know. Well, I'm just. Me, I'm, I'm giving it. I'm giving a little intro. I'm giving a little intro. Okay. We, we can't All have. Right. We can't have a podcast and not talk about Kentucky and Indiana. But we know that we're the only ones that really care to talk to give hear a about shit, it. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. because you're listening to the podcast, we're going to limit ourselves to just sixty seconds each. Because you can make it through sixty seconds. Pretend it's like an ad for Blue Apron or something, and just hit the fast forward for fifteen seconds. Uh, you're lucky they're but, both good honestly <laughs> you're lucky they're both decent basketball teams yes so, yeah and and i believe they're uh, kentucky alone is worth talking about regardless so i'm gonna put you on the clock here matt your 60 seconds starts now all right when they beat unc and malik monk scored 47 points like i talk about how watching kentucky is uh, not always fun for me it's like a stressful thing and i'm always worried and i'm always analyzing but that game, I was just cracking up, man. Everything he was putting up, he wasn't just scoring points. He was making important baskets, like big baskets. You know, it wasn't like he's like he's scoring all these points in a blowout win. Like, we needed every single one of those points. And that was that was the thing that just, like, it got me. Like, that, he gets the free pass for life now. Some Kentucky players, they have a performance or they have a season where no matter what they do, they get a free pass from me. Malik Monk, after that UNC game, free pass. Love him for life. 15 seconds. I, I'm done. Yeah, I, only need, seconds I only need 45 minutes. Oh! Man. Oh! <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to talk about Malik Monk. That was like... First take J, one take Hove. <laughs> I like it. All right. Doesn't even need the full... Uh, 
the full length doesn't even need us to give us the full 60 but uh all right um i <laughs> i'll uh you you can start a stopwatch for me if you'd like go all right, so Indiana basketball lost this week. They lost to Butler, a team that always gives Indiana problems. Uh, I'm not too worried because this is a really talented Indiana team. What it does need to do is figure out why Juwan Morgan is utter food on defense. Uh, Keelan Martin turned into – he had his own J.R. Smith game. He entered the J.R. Smith warp hole. He, ended, he went out the other side with 30 points. And just like uh, a wild cocaine scoring high, I imagine. And uh, you know, it's one of those things where you come up against uh, you come up against Butler. You better play your best. They didn't play their best, and uh, you know we're gonna have to figure out a lot of things. This is one of those teams that we lost to dinosaurs and we lost to good teams. So we never fucking know. I'm there, done. There you go. <laughs> Ten seconds to spare. We we did good this week, Dan. Yeah, we did good. We did good. Thank you for uh, thank you for dealing with that, everyone at home. We appreciate it. Um, so now we get a we get a little hate dessert, a uh, kind of just an open buffet, a potluck of whatever you might want to bring to the table of things you hated in 2016. What are the things you found yourself hating to the utter core of you this last year? Oh, we're talking about things I can say that aren't going to get me fired, right? Um... <laughs> Hey, no, it's your call, man. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with the not fired approach. Um, I think the thing that when I see it, it bothers me to my entire core. And it is white children dabbing. Or at least doing what they think <laughs> is the dab. Thanks to Cam Newton. And I, and I, love, I love Cam. It was an incredible season last year. But the fact that he popularized... <laughs> dabbing as a celebration like it has become a sports thing now it's a, it's a sports thing and it is it's a celebration and i don't really know how to explain it but just like white kids do it all wrong they do this rapid fire sort of like boom 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 like they just like side to side they, they like th- they, i'm doing like nin, ninja shit yes like they're throwing their hands all over the place and like moving their head in and out of, like, the crooks of their elbows. Like, that's not a dab. That's just, like, you look like you're having a seizure. And they do it every time, <laughs> like, every time a camera gets pointed at them. It's just like, dab, 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 dab. No. Stop it. I want to, like, bop them on the nose with a rolled-up newspaper <laughs> like a dog. I just want to be like, no. No. No more dabbing. Uh, I just... It's you know it started in 2015 even but it has just lasted and lasted and lasted Dan I need it to stop mm-hmm. because I hate it so much. <laughs> yeah, so um, just just so you guys remember this, uh, Matthew will Caesar Milan your child if he sees them. I will. In public. If I see he like a bad dab in the wild, I will start some shit. An organic bad dab, organic yes. dab travesty. Um, this one's a little bit more recent for me, and uh, it's 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 sriracha, the sriracha commercial, the Wendy's one where it's like everyone says sriracha differently. He's like sriracha, sriracha, uh, sriracha. The dude like pulls a hair, drops a pin, sriracha, and I just want to fucking go find their families. I want to go find them, and I want to just hit them with eggs 
in socks and soap. I, I want them, not them personally, but people they love to feel <laughs> what they've made me feel for 30 seconds in between every single goddamn NBA League Pass commercial. <laughs> Every break in between quarters, I have to watch that goddamn commercial. And it's like, it's waterboarding me with this overrated fucking hot sauce. <laughs> Sriracha Which fat. was really just a hot, it's a hot mayo paste. Right. It's only hot good. if you're the most caucastic of individuals. Yes. It's not that good at all. It is, it is reaching avocado levels of Brooklyn caucasity. Um, so yeah, Sriracha, that was another big one. Um, another one I, this, and this might be a woke take more than just the thing I hate, but if it's true, I hate it to the core of me and I guess I hate it regardless, but it's, it's, uh, news accounts and, uh, just Twitter accounts in general. I believe that there is developed a strategy of like accounts tweeting bad headlines, poorly worded, just problematic, just really missing the point headlines and then just leaving them there mm-hmm. and then just racking up hate clicks and hate traffic and hate engagement on social media. Like the mail yesterday, that horrible thing with the Russian ambassador who got assassinated and they just post this big fucking balloon of a tweet just like floated out there like sharply dressed man kill kills Russian ambassador. And I'm like, what the, wait, this is a fucking Neiman Marcus ad? Like, what are you doing? Like, the, And they just leave it there. When common sense and all these other things would be like, oh, that was trash. I apologize. Yeah. We're not going to focus on the sartorial decisions of this assassin. <laughs> Let's maybe focus on the fact that we're showing videos of a dude dead and is like face down in a pool of blood. I think this is my woke take. I hate bad tweets like that that just stay up as almost like... As like viral bait. Yep, and uh, I, I I think my next thing is probably very similar to this as far as like uh, um, badness, but it's also an advertisement, <laughs> and it's the damn NBA tickets advertisement. Uh, oh yeah, that needs to go. <laughs> that needs to go. Needs, needs to fucking go. <laughs> the 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 dads watching the game, watching this basketball game. And gets a Snapchat or something that says the Andersons are at the game. We're all tired of the Andersons. Fuck the Andersons. But more importantly, that that dad. <laughs> uh, the Andersons got tickets. How'd they get tickets? And then the kid. Oh, that fucking kid. The kid, the little smart Oh, they're ass, all shitheads. Yeah. Is like, watch you try, <laughs> you know, NBAtickets.com or whatever. They're never fake. Like, that's a thing that like is is super like bothersome to this family. They keep getting fake tickets. They're like, "Oh, we were going to go to the game, but the tickets we got, they were fake." It was pr- it was printed on double ply toilet paper. I thought that maybe it was just like a new thing that the team was doing, but it turned out not to be a real tickets. And then so the dad's like, "Oh, you like that's a great idea." So he like gets on, buys tickets, and it's like, "Your dad's a genius." Like, A, he thinks that, like, he, he came up with the idea or is trying to, like, take credit for it. B, the kid, like, gives his mom a high five. Like, that was the plan the whole time. But more importantly, C, there's no possible way <laughs> that they get to that game, like, bef- you know, before, like, the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like, the game is in progress. Yeah. They got to drive to the game. They got to find parking. 
They gotta make their way through the crowds and shit. <laughs> <laughs> then they get in their seat like they're missing the whole game. <laughs> the you guys came here for con- commercial truth, right? <laughs> yes. And there is no raw uncut Matthew King than when he is poking the holes in the logical fallacies, inaccuracies <laughs> yeah. of of violently overplayed commercials. Back, back in the day when I used to do live blogs for Bleacher Reports, uh, most of my like live blog write-ups would be about the commercials that happen in between the games. <laughs> I just had way more opinions about that than I did the actual game. <laughs> I can relate with this. Uh, my followers, as they don't know, I will just randomly drop some tweet about whatever like random Heinz ketchup commercial or something mm-hmm. that just managed to worm its way into my soul and make me physically ill so i i mean i i get it you know it, it's a sports fan thing because sports are live and you have to watch the commercials as a result of it <laughs> like people that watch tv on dvr they don't have to deal with this shit this is a very sports nope. fan problem so that's why i feel yes. like even though it doesn't really feel connected to sports it is it's a sports thing that commercials are bad and we have to deal with them absolutely we're we don't have any choice. We really don't. Um, and that one, I, I guarantee everyone listening is like, as soon as you even mention, <laughs> like, oh, absolutely. Yep. Nope. I, hate I that. have a list of I have a list of those people who <laughs> produce that, and I'm fine, slowly working down it. Um, so now we're gonna get to we're gonna get, we're about ready to for for the big the coup d'état here. We're ready for the L of the week, Matt. Ooh. Are you ready? I am. And who is your L of the week? <laughs> I think, I think I'm going to pull like a last minute switcheroo and I'm going to go with the San Diego security guard that was apparently videotaped masturbating on the sidelines <laughs> in, what? in front of the cheerleaders. I can't believe you haven't heard of this. I miss this. No, I've, uh, I, I've become a NFL court cutter, court cutter. <laughs> I, I check out on Sundays now because my fantasy team's done, and I prefer basketball. Dude, I didn't see it but, live. Um, it like it, it happened on the internet today. That, like the, <laughs> you were DVRing the jack motion, <laughs> right? Yeah, this was um, it was in San Diego, and there's a guy. There's a video of a security guard with his hand down his pants, and he's doing something. Now, it's not one hundred percent clear what he's doing and this is this is a very interesting thing because normally in our (laughs) l of the week section we we talk about how important it is to take the l just come clean just take the l people will move on i don't think that's like a grammy i don't think this is something that you can take an l on i don't Mm, think no you, you deny till you die i don't think you can come out and admit this even if like it, it like is one hundred percent clear what's happening, you deny this. So the fact that it's vague, like un, like kind of fifty fifty, I don't know. It could be worse, but you, the guy has to deny this and just like hope that his name doesn't surface and that he's able to like steer clear of this for his whole life because there's no real way to take this L <laughs> without it just ruining your life. But this, I mean, like. Whatever happens, man, if you're in a situation where, like, a camera could be on you, keep your hand out of your pants in general. I don't care if you're scratching an itch. 
if you're just in your underwear, whatever the hell it is, just don't do it. Just like handle whatever pain or discomfort is happening and just keep your damn hand out of your pants. Words words for life. Yes. Young young children out there. Words for life. Do not go searching for birdie bots every flavored beans. <laughs> when there could be a phantom cam on your dill. <laughs> what are you even saying? Do you know the words that are coming out of your mouth half the time, or is it just a stream of consciousness? You're surprised what you hear half the time. Um, it's a mixture. <laughs> yeah, it's a little both. It's uh, you know, it's, it's a woozy. It's a wazzy. It's a gift. It's uh, it's a lot of things. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> this is really difficult for me. Um, L of the week. There's. It's been some good ones, but they've all been like, you know, ambassadors dying <laughs> and horrible things. But, uh, and this one might be a little dated technically for the week, but I got to give it to my man, Kanye. My man, Kanye has been wild. <laughs> He's been living out here far too dangerously, even for my liking. And like, as I've, I believe I've mentioned before, there's like a method that you approach Kanye fanship. If you're still with us at this point, <laughs> like there's there, we have, we have a hand handbook. Like we're all on the raft together. We come to assert, accept certain things from our crazy captain. Who's like has scurvy and is like dealing with dehydration and just like all sorts of emotion. Like just, we, we've been watching him fall apart for a while. We know kind of like, what to expect and how to view and approach like that's just gonna yep he's kanye is gonna be kanye he's gonna do that he's gonna go and uh you know he's gonna say exactly the last thing he should say he's gonna get off the stage after five minutes after saying that nasa poisoned the air with aids (laughs) or whatever like he's going to you know he's gonna say the ymca made little kids wizards i don't know what he's gonna do so, but you just learn to accept it, like, to expect the unexpected. But seeing him actually, like, cozy up to Donald Trump the uh, last week, and then in addition to not only was he cozied up with Trump, he had the, like, the Tehran Matthew honey badger, low-frosted <laughs> tips. Oh, man. He, he went, he went, cisk, he went, he went soft Cisco. It's like just, in, just in case Cisco, you were unsure. Which is even worse than full Cisco. Yeah. yeah. In, in case you were unsure if he was having a breakdown, he wore the outfit. <laughs> he wore the official hairdo of having a breakdown, which is dyeing your hair blonde. <laughs> he wore all his anxiety manifested on his head in the form of the most like teenagerish. Like, I don't even know if like Kel Martin would pull something off like that. Like, it, it wasn't it wasn't ideal. So yeah, Kanye's my L of the week. Like he came afterwards. He even made it worse because he was trying not to accept said L. He was saying that he wanted to become uh, acquainted with our next president and like have his ear. Listen, that's the, the God damn it. I'm not getting political. Listen, <laughs> Donald Trump ain't your friend. Donald Trump is not your friend. That is how he's got this far. And uh, if you ever think Donald Trump is your friend, just know he's using you. Um, so I, that's a that's a strong rule of thumb to go up there with. Uh, don't put have your hands in your pants on television, kids. Yeah, Donald we, Trump is not your friend. He's using you, and don't go searching for marbles in uh, in the old papoose. So, yeah, I got to give it to Kanye. He and then he said. 
Kanye 2024. That was the ultimate twist. That was the twist. That was the Ides of March Ides of March twist of the fucking blade that just I have a Kanye 2020 hat right over here. I can't I can't wear that in good conscience anymore. It was my no. favorite hat. No. I can't wear that in good conscience anymore. He moved the lines on. God damn it, Kanye. <laughs> Fuck you, Kanye, first and foremost, for making me doing this shit. I don't know. Shout out to Hope. <laughs> Alright, guys. This has been the Player Haters Podcast. Episode 10. Holiday edition. Weird edition. Birdie Bots flavored. Every flavor. Beans edition. I'm your host, or co-host, Dan Carson. You can find me at on Twitter, at the Dr. Carson. And you can also find my co-host, Matt King, at the Real Matt King on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast, obviously, on SoundCloud or iTunes. And uh, subscribe. We'll, we'll be back after the yeah. Subscribe, guys. Subscribe and follow. We're 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 th- we're ten ten airs. We we have tens of listeners. We want to get to hundreds. That's right. Subscribe because you don't That's know right. when Dan is going to uh, decide to edit the episode and actually drop it. So it could be any time, but right. if you're subscribed, it just magically shows up on your phone and you get Matt and Dan like right in your earbuds. I'm taking, taking you back to childhood. I throw up the mystery box That's every right. time you jackpot. You never know what you're going to get. All right, guys. It's been real. Stay stay real, haters. Hate. Hate. I, take, I took your line. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Hate on, haters. <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. How did you become the world's wealthiest man, Tron? Hot hand in a dice game, baby girl. Six out straight. I'm talking about.